Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you so much for tuning in. I think this is going to be the penultimate episode for this year. I will have one more out before I go on a festive hiatus. Unfortunately, guys, I'm just going to have to take a little bit of time off. I'm exhausted. I'm shattered. I'm ready to hit burnout at this point. And I think I just need to take a little bit of a break over the holiday season. Obviously, my DMs are always open if you want to chat. And there are a lot of episodes to listen to or re-listen to if you haven't listened to every episode of the podcast. But much like Hamish and Andy, I'm going on a government mandated podcast break just to recharge, really get the thoughts going for next year. I'm excited to say that next year I'm going to be doing a one week on, on meaning that I'm going to be just doing what I do at the moment and sitting down talking about topics. And every second week I'm aiming to have a guest on and those guests are going to be different women from different fields and careers and people in my life that I value and I think bring a lot to the table and I would love to have on to talk about their journey, their career, lessons learned and just for some banter with you guys. So that is definitely something to look forward to. Also, as we know, last week I spoke about a little bit of a controversial topic being the Harry and Meghan drama. As of recording, I have finished volume one on Netflix and it was exactly what I expected it to be. And I don't think I need to go into what that actually is. I had some hilarious messages from you guys and got into some really hilarious banter with a bunch of you on the Kindest Regards Pod Instagram. And I'm kind of pleased and enlightened to say that most people, and when I say most, I really do mean like 99%. I think I got one message from someone saying that they disagreed with what I said, which is totally fine. You're entitled to, but was very pleasantly surprised to hear that most people were, we've had our fill with the Harry Meghan nonsense. And I think that we are all in the same boat on that one. So for this episode, I went backwards and forwards. I tried to rejig a few topics. And honestly, I try to ask you guys every week to make sure that I'm on the right track in terms of topics that you guys want me to talk about that week. But honestly, I get overwhelmed because I feel like being able to cover only a couple of topics in an episode, it just like really slows the roll. So I'm actually going to do another Q&A episode today, which is just almost like rapid fire. And I'm just going to go through as many questions as I possibly can. Obviously, it means I'm not deep diving as much, but I feel bad that sometimes it's only three. And I think that every now and then it is good to have sort of a rapid fire episode. So stay tuned, guys. I'm going to be touching on a little bit of everything today and hopefully answer some of your questions. Okay, so the first question that I got this week was how to maintain love-life balance. And then it says my partner is also in real estate and it is so difficult. Okay, so uh, all right, let me think about how to answer this. I'm going, I'm going off the grid today, guys. I don't even have a notepad in front of me with bullet points. I'm literally just popping these up and answering as we go. I would say that one of Thomas and I's skills is quality time. It's definitely one of 
but it's both of one of our love languages for both of us definitely and we very much value quality time and make a big effort I think most weeknights we are both home sometimes we'll have a dinner or something with a colleague or a friend or whatever but nine times out of ten Thomas and I both are home in the evenings and we very much make that our time whether it be cooking our dinner eating it together talking about our days uh, watching a show that we both like to watch Uh, I I would say that we spend a lot of time having like pillow talk before we go to bed, talking, talking. And I think that we do that quite well. I would say, obviously, with, you know, having a partner more specifically in real estate, Saturdays can be quite hectic. You don't always get the Saturday that everyone else gets because they're working. So I would say making the most of the rest of the weekend together, obviously, and trying to find activities that you like to do together. Thomas and I spend a lot of time uh, at his parents' place in Palm Beach because we really feel like that's a place where we get to switch off. We don't have to socialize a ton and we're only with each other doing fun activities that we love to do and relaxing and going to the beach and in the pool. And that's really, really enjoyable. I think if you do have a space that you can go to to really switch off, that is super helpful, whether it be one of your parents' places, you know, just forcing yourself not to have any social activity for the rest of the weekend and just spending time with one another if you really do feel like you haven't had that. I think it's really important. I think as much as this sounds critical, but it shouldn't be too much work. Like I feel like it should be a priority for both of you to make sure that you're spending time with one another and that you want to spend time with one another. Obviously, if you're busy, it can be difficult because you don't maybe don't have as much energy at the end of the day to like sit down and talk. But even just being in each other's company and being in each other's presence and watching a TV show or a movie together and just like snuggling up on the couch and having that relaxing time with one another, I think it's super important. But both of you need to make sure that you're making that a priority. Okay, next question. Sydney life must do's slash C's. Oh, this is so hard. I'm such a Sydney gal. I am. I should get commission for the amount that I talk about how much I love Sydney and everything about it. I would say the only part of Sydney that probably needs a little bit of work is nightlife. I think that there is such a gap in the market for really good like wine bars and cocktail bars and fun places to go in the evening. However, aside from that, Sydney really is like a very fun beautiful place to live and to see. I would say that if you're visiting Sydney, some of the highlights for me are the beaches, but I would steer clear of a lot of like Eastern suburbs beaches. Don't hate me for saying that, but I find them to be really busy and largely overrated. I would say some beaches that I adore that are more I don't know. They don't seem to be on the top of everyone's list, which just kind of blows my mind. Anywhere on the northern beaches from basically freshwater all the way up to Palm Beach, they are some of the most beautiful beaches in Sydney, in my opinion. And they have beautiful villages and shops and places to go around there. And I don't feel like those beaches are like a show. Like I feel like every time you go to a beach in the eastern suburbs, it's like people are less worried about the beach and more worried about like what they're wearing and how good the pick they took was it just feels like a little bit contrived in that area and I feel like the beaches and the northern beaches are just more about like 
getting some sun, grabbing a coffee, getting in the water, surfing, just like cruising. It just feels like very low key, very low maintenance. And that is why I just, um, I adore everything about going to the Northern beaches, a lower Northern beach, like not Northern beaches, sorry, a lower North shore beach that we live close to is Balmoral beach. And that is, that's probably like my happy place. It's, you know, one of the most beautiful places in Sydney. I know Keanu Reeves, which is a random like name to whip out in my podcast, but Keanu Reeves said that Balmoral beach is hands down the most beautiful place that he's ever been to in the world, which I think is some seriously high praise. Uh, some other things to do in Sydney. Let me think about this. I would say obviously doing the city, having a bit of a shopping day, going to David Jones in the city, in Pitt Street Mall, beautiful. It's like Elizabeth Street, David Jones is stunning, particularly around Christmas time. They do beautiful Christmas uh, window displays. I absolutely love them. Uh, I would say anything harbor related is stunning. Go on a boat on the harbor, catch a ferry somewhere, go to opera bar, sit, look at the harbor, look at the opera house. It's beautiful, particularly it's, it's touristy, but it really, it is beautiful. I think my favorite bar to go to for a night out in the city is maybe Sammy. I have talked about that before. They do incredible, incredible cocktails. It's very, very vibey. It's very 1920s Gatsby style bar, which is super up my alley, but I know that a lot of people love maybe Sammy. So highly, highly recommend that. I'm trying to think of some more low key off the grid places, but none are really coming to mind. I would say as well that I guess it's just something that not everyone does. And I guess that's just because it's a little bit of a trek, but it's more of a winter activity, but heading somewhere a little bit outside of Sydney, like the Blue Mountains or the Central Coast or something like that, I feel is just so, so beautiful. And it's only like an hour, hour and a half drive outside of Sydney. Okay, diving into a dating question. I've got first date dating tips and whether or not to hook up after date one. That's a loaded question. I'm just going to give my views on that one. I think first date dating tips would be to be as authentic and yourself as possible. Get out the vibes early, but I would say play a little bit hard to get at the end. I wouldn't say I typically wouldn't hook up on the first date. I'm assuming when you say hook up, you don't mean like kiss. You mean like actually hook up with the person. I personally wouldn't, but I don't think that it's an inhibitor for anything. I don't think that if you do hook up on the first date, that somehow, you know, taints it or ruins your chances in any way. I don't think that at all. I think for me, I just, I was always a bit of a hard to get kind of girl historically with dating. Like I would try not to do that too early. I would be more of a third date girl but I don't think there's a rule to it and I don't think that being strict about it is smart either because I think you should really go with the flow and it is context dependent and person dependent and I think that the vibe that you have with one person might be completely different and it might not feel weird or forced it might be like a supernatural thing that feels like it's right and I think that you should go with that I don't think that you should be like oh I have to wait because you know, I feel like I have this rule to myself. I just, I don't think that you should be super strict about dating. I think that it can be a really natural, fun, fluid process. If you just like let it happen. I don't, I think first date tips would be for me to 
stay fairly local. Don't put too much pressure on a first date. Sometimes coffee can be really nice. I mean, if you're bold, do dinner, but I think sometimes coffee or drinks can be good if you're not 100% sure. Don't lock yourself into like an entire evening with someone just in case it doesn't work. I know that Thomas and I's first date, we did drinks, but I think fairly quickly we were like, yeah, let's go to dinner. And we went to dinner and, you know, you can kind of like work with it on the fly. I don't know. I think be really open on the first date. Just be yourself, go with the flow. But I would say at the end of the day, play a little hard to get. Obviously, don't be the first one to message afterwards. I feel like that's such a girl thing to say, but I would I would always never do that. I'd be like, I'm waiting for them to message me when I get home to make sure I got home safely. I'm waiting for all that. Like, you know, I want to, I have a bit of a checkbox exercise with those things. But in terms of hooking up after date one, I really... I don't have any strong views on that. I think it's definitely context dependent. Okay, I have a question that's a bit work-related, corporate-related, and it's from a fellow Big Four girl. Uh, Any tips on being confident, being taken seriously, and defying stereotypes? I feel like that's a loaded question, and I know I've definitely talked about um, tips for being confident, but I would say in terms of defying stereotypes, this has been sort of a really interesting journey for me, and more recently I had my work Christmas party and I got like we voted for all these different categories and prizes and I got like the most fashionable in the office and at the time I was like I don't know how to take that like I don't know what to make of that I was like is this like a compliment or is this kind of playing into yeah that typical stereotype of women that like of course that's you know that's what you'd get And I ended up being like, no, that's a really sweet thing. And it wasn't that deep and it didn't, I don't need to like analysis paralysis, this like cute little award that you get at a Christmas party. And I feel like something like a tip for me is to just like embrace who you actually are. Cute. I'm really glad that you think that I put effort into how I look at work and that my outfits are cute. Thank you so much. Like, that's great. I can look cute while doing a good job. Awesome. I think that just being yourself and trying to break the stereotypes that way is kind of a superpower. Like I'm not going to dress boring and feel like I've got to, you know, change who I am and not put effort into the things that I love and bring me joy because it somehow is going to be taken the wrong way by like archaic people with, you know, a bizarre mentality. I actually think that that's a huge part of who I am. And I think that it's really sweet that I'm in an environment and a workplace that they embrace that and think that it's cute and think that it's an endearing quality and that it's something to be proud of. And I think that that's amazing. And in terms of breaking stereotypes, I just think the more that you're yourself unapologetically, you break them every single day. You don't need to conform in any way, shape or form. I just think that that is the most important thing is that you're unapologetically yourself. And as long as you're not offending anyone or being rude, I feel like you're safe. And if you're not in a workplace that takes any of that as a positive, I really feel like you're in the wrong environment. Okay, more of a deep one, which is any issues that I've faced and then in brackets, e.g. mental health. Now, this is a really loaded topic, I feel, because I think the degrees of severity of certain things obviously matter. I think milder issues that I've faced throughout my life that I think everybody has is, you know, issues with your body image, your self-esteem. And I think as I'm, you know, now 25 and I'm no longer like 16, 
I have a kinder relationship with myself on those topics. I have figured out through the years how to put those issues in perspective and try and battle through the body dysmorphia, battle through, you know, the comparison. And I think that I'm now in a really healthy place with that. But advice if you're going through that, which let's face it, 99% of women go through that, is to be kind to yourself and just to try and focus on your self-talk because, and it will get easier is more my point, is that when you are 16, 17, 18, 19, I think that's when I was you're at your most critical. And I think that as you get older, you start to put your energy and effort into other things in your life. And it becomes just, it becomes like less important, but it also, you deal with that commentary in your brain better. You you can put it more in perspective and you have more control over that. You also have control of your life. You have control of you know, how you feel your body, whether or not you're exercising, if you're prioritizing self-care and mental health and all of those things play into your self-image, how you feel about yourself, how, you know, neurologically how you're functioning. And I think that all of that plays into having body dysmorphia and what your self-image looks like. So I would say that at the moment, I don't suffer with that horrifically, but I have done in the past. In terms of other mental health issues, I think something that I've suffered with my entire life would definitely be high levels of anxiety. I would say that it was manageable for most of my life. I did have a period where it was not manageable and I definitely got support for that. I think having a psychologist from mum is very, very helpful and rare because you, she was obviously my you know, main support system as well as Thomas during that period of heightened anxiety in terms of ways to manage that but my best piece of advice and my only piece of advice is if you feel like you are not able to cope with anything be that anxiety depression anything you're going through I can't speak on depression I've never suffered from it but I have definitely suffered from anxiety and reaching out and getting help and support is my number one tip because that completely fixed it for me and I was able to get on a really good path and I'm happy to say that my anxiety is the best that it's ever been it's very normal I have anxiety about normal things rather than abnormal reactions to things that shouldn't really trigger my anxiety and I think that obviously there's a stigma around mental health and there shouldn't be and I think every single day everyone's getting better with that but it is not shameful to reach out and ask for help. And I think that the more that people do that, the better it is for everyone else. And I am not ashamed to say that because I think just knowing that everyone suffers from that, it's normal. And in this day and age, suffering from anxiety, I mean, let's face it, like most people are suffering from some form of anxiety. It's just about whether or not you're able to cope with it. I would say anxiety has been a negative in my life but it has also been a superpower I find my anxiety throughout most of my life has been a really big driver my fear of failure has been a stronger motivator than my desire for success and that let's face it is a root in my anxiety is that fear of failure and often that has pushed me to persevere during times of self-doubt and that has been really valuable but it's only when you you obviously you know in yourself and other people can notice if your anxiety is not helpful it's not a tool it's actually a hindrance and in those times I would definitely recommend 
seeking some help, seeking some support, and that can absolutely be a game changer. I had a question about my bachelorette party, uh, what I'm doing for my bachelorette party and when it's going to be. My bachelorette party will be the same weekend as Thomas's bachelor party, which will be next April. Um, We're doing both of ours over the Easter long weekend. Uh, I am not traveling for mine. Thomas is going to Brisbane with a big group and I am going to be Sydney based. I haven't planned out the nuts and bolts of it yet i know that traditionally bridesmaids and maids of honors are completely in charge of the bachelorette party but thomas and i are exactly the same we're complete control freaks and he planned his entire bachelor party so the same will definitely be said for mine i'm obviously getting input from my sister who's my maid of honor and my bridesmaids but in terms of actually planning it like i got i got no problems doing that um I think what we'll end up doing is a like a long lunch and then heading out on the harbor on a boat for like a sunset evening cruise. Uh, In terms of themes, I know that I asked you guys on the pod for different themes and suggestions and I got so many good ones. And my mum, I think I'm not going to say what the theme is because that can be a little bit fun to just like wait to see, but my mom actually came up with my theme. So it actually wasn't one that popped up, but I absolutely love it. I don't think I've actually seen it done, which is a little bit random, but uh, I think that it's it's on brand and it's me and I'm, I'm a big fan. So we'll see how we go. The next one is current update on health and fitness. I think this relates to the fact that more recently, I mentioned that I've gone on a little bit of a fitness and health journey. I would say that I have been more dedicated and more um, persistent with it than I've ever been. And honestly, guys, it's all goal related for me. I've always like fallen off the wagon with those things because I just feel like I don't have a a goal in mind. And getting married, that's got to be like the biggest goal to like feel and look your best, I I think. Like that's that it's cliche, but it's so true. Um, I'm on a whole foods binge at the moment. I'm not having any processed foods and I'm by no means recommending a way of eating or living to anyone. Everyone needs to listen to their body and do what they want to do. But from an anecdotal perspective, I have never felt better in my life. And it's only been just over two weeks of only eating whole foods. And when I say whole foods, I mean fruit, veggies, and grains are pretty much what I've been eating. I think the two things that I cut out that were big parts of my life was cheese and bread. I'm gluten-free, but gluten-free bread and cheese was just like, you know, it made up made up a lot of my diet. I love, something would always have cheese on it, let's put it that way, and it was always a snack for me. So cutting those out, I thought were gonna be really hard. It's not at all, but I'm not much of a chef, and I would say that, over these last couple of weeks, I have, I've literally cooked every meal that I've eaten apart from eating out. And I've been very lucky in the sense that whenever I've eaten out, there's always been options for me that fit within the way that I'm eating at the moment. I've absolutely loved cooking food from scratch. I've loved the fact that everything I'm putting in my body is fuel and it's not processed. I've absolutely loved that. I've been eating, you know, eating the rainbow. So they say, so, you know, you look at your plate and it's filled with color and that makes me feel really good. I've also been having a lot of protein shakes, lentils, making sure that um, I know that I'm getting enough protein in my diet. I haven't been eating a lot of meat, but a little bit. And I would say that that also helps, um, you know, make sure that you continue to feel strong and healthy. But 
I would say that my health and fitness is probably the best that it's ever been. I'm exercising a couple of times a week as normal. Uh, my Thomas's mom actually gave us her Peloton because she wasn't using it. And that's now on our balcony, which is amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, it's also not just cycling. You can airplay a bunch of different things onto your TV from the Peloton app. And there's a bunch of different workouts on that, which I absolutely love. Um, I would say that I've been looking at my health and fitness more as a lifestyle shift rather than a phase, which has been really, really helpful in me staying committed and knowing that, you know, your gut and your microbiome in your gut is like your second brain and what's going on in your gut affects you neurologically and to be your ultimate best self, prioritizing gut health is massive. And I would say that I've just been feeling so incredible, you know, seeing food as fuel rather than you know something that you have to do to get to the next task or you know quick fixes and you know silly diets and silly fads it's not really about that for me it was about sustainability and actually you know changing my lifestyle for the better and I think that that has both helped change my relationship with food but also made me feel my absolute best I got a random, just to wrap up, I got a random question just being like, are you going to be doing any more mystery boxes? I think this is someone who hasn't actually got a mystery box from me before. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I did these mystery boxes. I've done them two, three times, I think, uh, over the last sort of year or two, which is basically where I am so, so lucky and blessed that I get a lot of PR. I work with a lot of brands and I have a lot of clothes coming in and out of my life. And often I have it in such excess and I'm one person with one body that I can't wear everything. And often I'll have clothes that I just, I know maybe aren't me or I have something very, very similar. So I don't need both or I wish it suited me, but it just doesn't, or it's the wrong size. It could be anything. And I package these up into mystery boxes where I basically get everyone to send or whoever's interested to send me their size, their aesthetic types of clothes that they love and I'll put five of them for $50 in a bag and send it to you and that honestly is so much fun because the messages I get about those mystery boxes are just they like warm my heart you know people just loving what they got and you know thinking it's really special I am so so keen to do more of those in the new year I absolutely love doing them I'm just I think I cleared out my stock a lot last time I, I think I did like 40 40 something mystery boxes in the last round and that pretty much cleared me out but I do have stock piling up so I would say probably early next year maybe like March or April I'll be in a position to do a big mystery box haul again sort of off topic a little bit but just touching on clothes and fashion I have made it a priority and I'm so glad that I did. I've been getting so many messages, not messages, but like comments on TikTok asking if I have an LTK, which is like a storefront where you can link, you post a photo or a video and you link all of the items that you're wearing. And it's really easy for people to click and purchase. And I finally made that a priority and I have set my LTK up. I am so happy that I did it because it really makes it so much easier when people ask me, where's that from? Where can I buy that? It's so easy to just like forward them to my LTK. Basically it is a bit, it's, it's, it doesn't have everything, but it has most things. Let's put it that way. So if it's not on my LTK, feel free to message me and be like, where did you get that? I can't find it. 
But if you are interested in where I get a lot of the stuff in my OOTDs or something I've posted on TikTok, it is likely on my LTK. Uh, my username is Catherine Ray Rob. Feel free to ask me anything if it's not on there, but it is a super easy way to style steal. And there's a million amazing creators on LTK, not just me. So feel free to explore because they have some really incredible creators on there if you're interested. You guys, I seriously feel like after doing rapid fire, like Q&A, I feel like I black out. I can't even remember what I talked about. I just go a million miles an hour. But I hope that you guys like that rapid fire, quick answer episode. Uh, I think it's important I do them every once in a while just to make sure I'm getting through everything. Um, as I said, next week will be the last episode of Kindest Regards for this year. I believe I will be back. I don't have the exact date on me, but I think it is the second Wednesday in January. I will miss talking to you guys and producing content for you every week, but I promise I'll be back firing next year and we'll have some incredible guests on to keep you guys informed, educated, entertained, all that good stuff. As always, feel free to reach out to me on the Kindest Regards pod Instagram or my Instagram. I love chatting with you guys and I will chat to you next week and bid you farewell for the festive season. Speak soon, guys.